We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. It's been a little bit since we've talked to you. Not much going on in the NFL world, football-wise. Um, and we're back here with another episode to kind of break all that stuff down. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been about two weeks, I'd say, since we've talked. How you been doing since then? Been doing all right, man. It's uh, at least over here. I don't know how it is in Chicago, but at least over here, it is summer. And I always forget. I don't know how. I've been, you know, been been on the earth almost 30 years now, and I always seem to forget how much I hate summer. And uh, even being in Texas instead of the middle of the desert in California, things have not changed. I still hate summer, and it's, I think it's supposed to be like 101 tomorrow. I'm just not not about it. Yeah, it's it's been hot here in Chicago too. We we uh, two weeks ago we hit 90s, high 90s, and then kind of dipped off in the 80s, but. Usually I don't try not to put my air conditioners in until mid-June, late June. I can I can kind of survive without it. I got fans and stuff. But, yeah, we had a cave early. I think we caved like a week and a half ago and put the air conditioners in. I'm with you, man. I, I like summer. I hate the damn heat because the humidity here is so bad. Yeah, well, and that's the same thing. I mean, especially here because I'm right outside of Dallas. It's like it's the same thing, man. It's been, I think, the lowest I've seen the humidity in like, I don't know, two, two or three weeks has been 40, 50%. I mean, it's just, it's been consistently mid nineties here. And it's like, Oh man, it's, uh, it's still better than what I'm used to. Cause right now where I was, you know, where I used to live in California, I mean, it was one Oh seven this time last week. So, I mean, it's ew, ew. Yeah. so I mean, it, like I said, I just don't like summer. I don't like the heat. 
Um, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the nice thing is at least over here, you know, on uh, Texas, I mean, things are starting to open up and, you know, not even really starting. I mean, they have opened up and so it, it's been kind of nice to get out and, you know, be safe, but go out and do some things and get out of the house and not be so cooped up after the last three or four months. Yeah, I'm with you. We're kind of in the process of opening up too. where I'm at. I'm out, you know, suburbs of Chicago. We kind of have a little bit of a different time on the actual city of Chicago, but, you know, City of Chicago is starting to open up as well. They have patio seating outside. That's also good news because I feel like every day that we go on, you know, if you if you ask me back in March when this thing was kind of first starting and even April when we were kind of getting, you know, more information about the coronavirus and, and all this stuff, I, you know, I would have probably told you I think the NFL would be in some jeopardy of playing. But now as the days go on, man, it's like I feel more and more comfortable with the NFL is going to start on time. And not only the NFL – college football as well and we've seen the news you know the nhl is returning the premier league overseas is returning nba's got their plan to return it kind of just feels like mlb is like the one being left out and they got their own problems but as you and i were talking before the show there's just way too much money for the nfl and for these college programs to lose for them not to be playing and i think early on you know you had a different number when we talked uh, than I did, but early on, I don't think it'll be full capacity. I think they'll kind of take a little precaution and maybe not put, you know, 70, 60, 70,000 people in the stands at once. But I think by, you know, December, November, even playoff time, I think we're going to have a, a full capacity stadiums, if not pretty damn close, barring any like big second outbreak or, you know, um, new information about this virus. But as I said, man, it's looking good for football to kind of return, and not only the NFL but college football as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, as a football fan, I mean, this is in terms of at least football activity. I mean, this is the last this is the last month in the entire rest of the year that we're not going to have some sort of football activity because at least as of now, I mean, training camps obviously fans aren't going to be allowed at training camp at this point. But at least you know, training camp and reports and stuff to talk about is going to start at the end of July. I mean, we're, we're almost at that point. I mean, we're about two months away from the preseason starting. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, and it's going to come up quick. It always does. And so it'll, it'll definitely be nice. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. I, I don't know if you're an MMA fan or how many of our listeners are MMA fans, but I mean, that's about the only sporting fix that I've been able to get. Cause I just don't get a lot of benefit out of replay games and stuff like that. And the UFC has been putting on some events. They actually had an event this last Saturday that was pretty good card overall. And it's been kind of cool to, to see, especially on Twitter and stuff that people who wouldn't normally watch MMA or, you know, finally starting to watch. And, and that's kind of how I feel about baseball where they, you know, MMA's had a chance, especially the UFC's had a chance to capitalize on no sports going on. And I feel like baseball is kind of blowing their opportunity right now to be that one sporting event right now that's going on, you know, starting in July and, and have a full month. But Either way, like you said, I and I 100% agree. I think football's very much in the clear at this point, barring some sort of crazy setback, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, at worst, we're at least going to get football on TV, and, you know, there'll be some sort of capacity in the stands of uh, fans there. And I think, you know, obviously certain states are going to be certain ways because if baseball was going on right this five seconds, at least in Texas for the Rangers, I mean, they could, they could play, I think it's either at 25 or 50%. I mean, they could, they could have fans in the stands right now as, as we speak, obviously that's not going to happen. So we've got a few more months until regular season football starts. And I, I'm just, man, it's, it's, it, I was talking about with a friend the other day, it's like there, at least for me, there hasn't really been a reason to turn on 
cable TV. Like, I mean, anything that I've watched has been, you know, catching up on shows or every once in a while, like I said, I will, you know, watch the UFC events or stuff like that. But it's like, I don't want to watch the news. I mean, we've, we all know what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, with the protests, with everything going on. It's just not something I want to consume myself in mentally. You know, you already emotionally and mentally, you have to deal with it outside of watching sports or watching TV and, and, you know, there's just not a lot on TV right now. So it'll be really nice to be able to turn on the TV, you know, go to whether you have direct TV or whatever you have and be able to actually turn on a channel and watch something live like sports and actually have a reason to turn on TV. So that's I'm looking forward to that. And, I mean, at least sports will start really kind of kicking off. What is it? The end of July, I think, is at least what's yeah. uh, I think the NBA is projected. At the yeah, end of, you know? I think both NBA, NH and and NHL have their plans for end of July. I, NHL is more training camps would open up like July 22nd or something like that. Um, NBA right around that time as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're getting close and it's, man, it's one of those things. I don't know if I could do apocalyptic times just for the simple, simple fact that it's like, there's no sports on man. Like it's, you actually got to go out and do stuff like a world without sports <laughs> is just not a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm ready for sports. I've been watching a little MMA. Um, I've been watching the German soccer league. I'm a big soccer guy. I can get into it overseas. And I'm excited because Premier League's returning next week, I believe. And then golf is going to be back on TV. I'm a guy that also can sit there and watch golf, too, as boring as it sounds. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm just ready for football. And, you know, kind of speaking of football, the Bears haven't been at OTAs. Um, they've been pretty much doing everything through teleconference, but over the time here that they've had rookie minicamp and their first, you know, OTA session last week, they've been pretty good about the access. It's been a lot different, uh, with us not being there, the players not being on the field, a little, you know, more tougher to report, but the bears have been pretty good at, at making, um, players and coaches available and they will do so through the month of June. And obviously, you know, they won't be on the field at the end of June, our best bets training camp. But, I mean, it's been our only fix for NFL has just been talking to these players and coaches over teleconference. And, and you know, it, it, it does suck because I'd rather be at House Hall covering, you know, the team on the field as they practice. But at least it's something. And this past week we actually got to talk um, to Matt Nagy and a couple of players. We're going to break that down for you guys um, on this episode. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bears and kind of the latest of what's going on with the NFL and what to expect over the next couple of weeks. Before we do that, though, let's hit our first break of the show, and we'll be right back. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back in here to the Bear Report Podcast. So yeah, Aaron, as I was saying before that break, the Bears have been doing their OTAs, their first week OTAs, and then the rookie minicamp through you know teleconference on Zoom. Players and coaches have been meeting um, you know, they're allowed it a couple hours a day to meet. Last week was a real first real OTA session for the Bears. Instead of on the field, they're doing them virtually. But, you know, the Bears kind of took a different angle because where we're at with our country right now and the unfortunate passing of George Floyd, Minnesota, um, you know, the kind of social injustices, stuff like that, 
the Bears, instead of you know using it to prep and maybe in, install a little bit in their playbook and get the players familiar with their coaches and stuff like that, on Monday, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace kind of let the players take control of their two-hour meeting. And, you know, we kind of got to hear from it after the fact. We got to hear from it Wednesday. And to me, sitting there, we sat through, you know, Nagy talked, Allen Robinson talked, Akeem Hicks talked, and Danny Trevathan. And those were probably the four of the most powerful press conferences I've heard in a long time. And there, there was some football talk, obviously. We got some football questions in. But it kind of felt like going into those meetings, you know, when you're in there with the reporters, we kind of had that vibe that this was going to be one of those, you know, days where you're going to hear from the players firsthand and what happened with the meeting and then Nagy canceling the, the, the Tuesday session so his players could participate in the blackout Tuesday on social media and then finally getting to hear from the players. For me, it was pretty eye-opening because you look at these players and, you know, as a fan, they're kind of heroes, they're role models, and, and they're, they're kind of almost larger to life to maybe, you know, the younger generation of fans. And you think, look at these big football players, and you don't think, oh, man, you know, they don't have a soft side or anything like that. However, I mean, it's a complete opposite. They're, they're human beings as well, and I think sometimes we forget that. And for to see, you know, Akeem Hicks, to me, was probably the most powerful and raw interview of, you know, him talking about, you know, sitting down in the lunchroom with players and, and, you know, maybe the tight end group sits with each other, but he kind of wants to break that up so that all the players can kind of sit with each other and get to know each other. And, you know, defensive players, not just with defensive players, offense with offense, things like that, and kind of getting to know his teammates and just listening to them talk about their experiences and their teammates' experiences were pretty powerful for me. Um, I'm pretty sure you've got the chance to look through the stuff and, and, and hear some of the, the stories they told or, or things from the interviews. But I just kind of want to get your opinion on that and, and kind of, I guess, your thoughts on what you know they said last week as they talked. Well, I think it's, it's important for everybody to, to understand that, you know, this is, for some, this is a, uh, a very sensitive topic. And, and I see, I, I see a lot of it, you know, kind of being politicized one way or another. And, and ultimately, I don't feel that way, um, you know. And, and I think it really comes down to this. Even if you can't truly relate to what's going on, or you've never experienced this, uh, you know, the black community as a whole is hurting right now. And ultimately, there are a lot of injustices, you know, that you can go back through history and really look at that need to be righted. And it, and it, and it comes from a place of, you know, for me, I look at it and it's, I, I was raised a certain way and I was taught certain things and that's simply to treat everybody the same exact way. And I think most people who have interacted with me would probably agree that that's exactly how it goes. I mean, and I'll be honest. I mean, if you, if you treat me like crap, I'm probably going to act the same way to you. Like, you know, but it, for the most part the the thought process behind that is, that you treat everybody the same way, whether, you know, for me at work, you know, whether it's the janitors or whether it's some random person that you see on the streets versus your bosses or your coworkers, you treat them all the same. You treat them with respect. You treat them as equals. And unfortunately, I think that that's kind of gotten lost in 
the shuffle of everything with the protests that have turned in the riots and the vandalism. And, and sometimes it's, it's tough to be able to compartmentalize everything that's going on and to separate that there's different groups doing different things here. And I, I mean, ultimately it's one of those things that I know everybody has their own opinion on it. And, but it, it's when you, when you have a league, the NFL, uh, that's primarily, the black community. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The majority of NFL football players are black. And because of that, um, you're going to see a different side of something that maybe you wouldn't see with your family. You wouldn't see with your friends. You wouldn't see with the group that you are with or within your community. And it's something that needs to be embraced. It's something that just because whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're if you're not black, it's 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 almost impossible to understand what they've gone through. And whether you agree with it, whether you don't agree with it, whether you see things a different way, it's one of those situations where I, I think that we need to be more apathetic and we need to understand that they're dealing with something that we're simply not. And I can speak from you know just experiences and and and, and talking to different friends of mine that are black, and they've been hurting. I, I don't really know how to put it. it. They've been hurting. This is this is a very big thing for them. And I think it can be a very good social movement. And it doesn't mean that you have to be against cops. It doesn't mean that you have to be against anything, but it means that you should be for human rights. You should be for black people having the same exact rights as everybody else does. And I, I just it's it's a very tough topic and it's very tough to listen to some of the players and some of the things that they've had to, to, that they've had to go through growing up and even being professional athletes and the ways that they've been treated. Because again, the, the reality is they have been treated differently, maybe not a hundred percent of the time, but they have had moments where they have been treated differently. And that's not right. I don't think anybody likes being treated differently, especially in a negative way. So it's very, it, it's tough. And, and, and again, you can feel how you want to feel about the Colin Kaepernick situation a few years ago and what he did. But I, I feel like all of this has kind of come full circle. The NFL's come out, they've put their support behind it. Um, and I think it's one of those things, again, where it's, it's tough to talk about it without upsetting one side or the other. And unfortunately, you know, I've kind of come to grips at least with with how I'm going to approach it and simply saying this shouldn't upset anybody. This this should be about people doing what is right and getting what is right. And ultimately, that's what this entire movement is. That's what exactly what's going on. And the you know, okay, like you said, I mean, they're all humans, right? You know, they may be millionaires, they be maybe making millions of dollars, they may be able to be very recognized. Uh, they may be able, you know, they may be idols to people, but at the same time, they're still human beings, and it doesn't. It, it, there's no reason for them to be treated any differently or worse than anybody else. It just doesn't make any sense. So I think that it's one of those things where, yes, the whole stick to sports things comes in, you know, and everybody's going to have their their own opinions on it. But I think that approaching this from a good a, a good frame of mind and really just looking at it in the way of treating people the way that you want to be treated, you know, whether you, you know, you have your own religious beliefs or whatever it is. I think everybody has a moral code. Everybody knows what's right and wrong. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, you listen to these players talk, you listen to these guys that are larger than life, these guys that can, you know, bench press what four or 500 pounds and that do all these crazy things. And you would think would have these great lives that have had these terrible experiences. And it, to me, 
I've always tried separating sports and players from everything else. But what it comes down to is, you know, we put a lot of our time and our lives and our emotion into watching the Bears, into watching the NFL, into watching sports as a whole. And it doesn't seem humane to separate the sporting aspect and what they give to us and saying, I'm not getting into that or I'm not doing this. It just, again, it's a simple matter of right and wrong at this point. So I, I would implore people personally, you know, that maybe have a different view of this or aren't exactly for this to listen to what some of these players are having to say. Emmanuel Ocho had a great thing. Sam Ocho's brother had a, had a great, great video on exactly what the you know what the black community feels how you know what they're looking for and kind of a different lens and listening to guys like Akeem Hicks listening to other players and trying to understand the other side of the coin and understand that just because you haven't been through it just because maybe you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it that much or maybe because you don't believe it's an issue because you haven't dealt with it doesn't mean that it doesn't impact many lives and many people. And again, I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to go on a rant. I don't mean to, you know, it's not a political thing. It's not. It, to me, it's <clears throat> 100% human rights. And unfortunately, I probably talked way too long on this, but I just feel like we need, as fans and as human beings, we need to be able to be sympathetic and understand the other side of the coin and what they're going through, even if the political beliefs don't line up, even if some of the stuff that they say isn't stuff that you believe or agree to understand that they're dealing with different things than a lot of us are dealing with, there's nothing wrong with that. And coming to an understanding, I mean, understanding is one of the one of the bigger things that really brings people together. I mean, I think we can all we've all had times when we haven't understood somebody or we haven't agreed with somebody. And the more and more you talk it out, it's like the more and more you you understand each other, and the stronger that bond becomes. So I don't know. Again, I, I'm sorry. I probably rambled on way too long about this, but I do. I do feel like it would benefit a lot of fans to really sit down and listen to what they said and, and kind of seek out the other side of the coin to really understand uh, the movement. Because this isn't going to end. This isn't this isn't something that we're seeing right now and that we're going to get the football season and it's going to be all about sports. This is going to be something that the NFL has embraced, that players have embraced, that is going to be brought to the forefront and hopefully – as as a country, you know, as human beings as a whole, hopefully we can all embrace this and understand where everybody's coming from and make the make the change that's needed. Yeah, I mean, very well said. And for me, I, you know, I think you hit a lot of the nails on the head there. It, it's about respect and it's about treating people how you want to be treated. Um, you know, no matter the race or ethnicity, it's it's respect. You you got to treat people just with respect. And I think. You know, we live in an age where social media, let's be honest, social media is crap. I mean, social media can be the best of things. You can get a lot of information from it. You can get a lot of, you know, false information from it. And there's a lot of arguing going on. I think it's a lot of crap, social media. And, I mean, I use it. I admit I use it. You use it. And it's it's just, you know, the, the world we live in, it's like it, you can never log into social media without seeing arguments and you know, false statements and just dumb things. And especially, you know, you see a lot of it over the past week with, with the protests and the riots and you know, stuff like that. And to hear athletes speak out about it, I, I, I was very proud of the Bears to do that and to take the time to answer those questions because, I mean, those players could have simply, you know, been jerks and not answered any of those questions or anything like that. And for me, I, I, 
I came away, you know, with a couple of big takeaways that, you know, Matt Nagy, he generally cares for every damn player there. And I know he's had his fair share of criticism with some of the play calling and, and how the Bears last season finished eight and eight. And, and, you know, it wasn't all on him. But I mean, ever since he's gotten to Chicago, you've heard you know, one word of just, you know, how united the locker room is, the culture of the Bears since he's arrived. And, and that word culture keeps coming up. I mean, when Haha Clinton Dick signed last season in his press conference, he talked about, you know, the culture. Players were hitting him up. Yeah, you got to sign in Chicago, the culture. Um, Buster Screen, the culture. He mentioned that as well. Going into this season, there's been a couple players, a couple free agent signings and, and, and rookies that have, you know, talked about the culture in Chicago. I believe, um, Deshaun Gibson was one of them. And Robert Quinn also said something about culture. And for him to kind of, you know, do what he did last week and dedicate those two hours to letting players speak. He said over 40 players spoke in those two hours, and they had to cut it off because they're only allowed at two hours by the NFL. Um, he said there would have been a ton more that would have spoken up and, and talked. And and a couple of the players, you know, mentioned you know, um, I believe Mitch Trubisky spoke up, uh, Cody Whitehair spoke up, Akeem Hicks spoke out, um, Alan Robinson, Nick Foles had a message on Instagram that was pretty powerful last week as well. And then to, you know, get the team two hours off on Tuesday to kind of, you know, sit back and take in what's really going on was, that was big for me. And I, and I respect the Bears and all those players that spoke out and especially Matt Nagy for what he's kind of built here. Um in Chicago, there was one thing though that I thought was kind of, I don't know, to me it was a little funny because Akeem Hicks, when we we're listening to him and he's talk, he's get, you know, he's at, someone asked him the question of, do you think, you know, Colin Kaepernick was was blackballed by the NFL for for kneeling, and and that's a pretty serious topic because, you know, Hicks got serious for a second and said, you know, I thought about kneeling, but I thought if I kneel, I'm going to lose a job, I'm going to get blackballed out of the NFL, stuff like that, and then he kind of finished his answer um, with kind of a, a little shot at Mike Glennon, you know, when, when he was asked, should the Bears have signed Kyler Kaepernick? And he kind of responded at the end. He's like, well, you know, we signed Mike Glennon, which kind of, you know, a lot of the reporters were like, oh, whoa, okay, here's a quote. Let's take that and run with it. And, of course, Mike Florio took it and ran with it as a separate story instead of putting the full context in there. I don't know if you caught that or not or what you kind of take away from that, um, but I just thought it was just kind of a – it was harmless. I understand where he was going because I do think there are a lot of backups in this league that are probably worse than Colin Kaepernick. And not to get you know on that subject of him kneeling or anything like that, but I think he does have a valid point of, okay, there are some backups that probably shouldn't be in the NFL and Kaepernick probably should. And I really don't think he was saying the Bears really should have signed Colin Kaepernick. I just think he was just kind of using Glennon as a as an example of a player that, you know, has continued to find himself in the NFL with contracts, despite not being the most talented, I'd say. Well, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Is he wrong? No, I don't think he's wrong at all. I don't think he's wrong at all. I mean, just, just look at what, regardless of how you feel about what Colin Kaepernick did with the kneeling and and the movement and, and everything else. I mean, when you look at it from a pure football perspective, you cannot make an intelligent argument that Mike Glennon is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. And the last time I checked, uh, you know, 
players get jobs in any league possible. It doesn't matter. Players get jobs based on their talent and what they do and what they're, what they've done and what they can do. And simply put, Colin Kaepernick has done a hell of a lot more than Mike Glennon has done. And, you know, Colin Kaepernick, like you pointed out, Colin Kaepernick would still be, I don't know if, especially, you know, with the layoff and everything else like that, uh, I don't know if he would be considered a starting caliber quarterback because I think there's a lot of good talent in the league right now. But, I mean, he is easily one of the top backups in the league right now if he was in the league. I mean, it's... Again, like you pointed out, it was kind of more and fun, but at the same time, he's not wrong. And and there's nothing wrong with saying, like, there's nothing wrong with saying he's not wrong. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. I mean, Colin Kaepernick would have been a world's better choice just looking at the two quarterbacks combined, taking out money, taking out everything else. He would have been a much better choice for the Bears or for any other team to sign uh, versus Mike Glenn. Mike Glenn is not a good quarterback. Now you can make the argument that there was, you know, some potential untapped talent, all that stuff, and the Bears had their certain plan. I'm taking all that out. I'm simply saying from a talent standpoint, when you look at the when you put the two next to each other, Mike Glenn and then Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick's clearly the better quarterback, always has been the better quarterback. Um, and I mean, Colin Kaepernick may never play another snap in the league and Mike Lennon may stick around and, you know, get veteran minimum contracts for a few more years and Colin Kaepernick's still going to be the better quarterback. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with saying that because it's a truth. Now I'm not saying that's what the Bears should have done because frankly, I don't think the Bears should have signed Mike Lennon at all. I think they should have gone with somebody like a Case Keenum or a veteran. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they, they drafted Trubisky. Their plan was always to take a quarterback in the draft you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But in terms of comparing the two quarterbacks together, he's a better quarterback. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it. Uh, obviously, there was, there was more context to it. But, you know, he's not wrong. I, I guess that's really my entire point out of this. He's, he's not wrong. This has nothing to do with, you know, the Black Lives Matter move, anything like that. From a pure talent standpoint, when you look at the two quarterbacks, Colin Kaepernick is worlds better than Mike Glennon will ever be. Yeah, I agree with you as well. And I think that's kind of the main point he was kind of pushing across. I really don't think he was advocating for the Bears to sign Colin Kaepernick. I just think he, you know, used Mike Lennon as the unfortunate example of kind of players that continue to get contracts that probably are not very good um, at football. Aaron, let's hit another break here, and then we'll get into some more talk from Matt Nagy and the Bears last week as they met the media. Uh, We'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Welcome back in here to the Bear Report podcast. Aaron, during those interviews, there was some football talk. Matt Nagy was asked about um, the, the quarterback competition. And he kind of had an interesting quote where, you know, he was talking about, okay, the quarterback competition isn't the only one that's going on right now um, in OTAs and when they hit the field in training camp. Matt Nagy also mentioned the two battles in the secondary. And it's, you know, Tayshawn Gibson against Deion Bush for the strong safety spot. Um, Kevin Tolliver, Jalen Johnson, and Artie Burns for the second defensive starting back spot. And when I hear that, you know, I look at the Bears' defense, and, and you can say, okay, there was a, a need after Ha Clinton Dix left. The Bears have attempted to fill that. There was a need after they released Prince of Mukamura. They've at least attempted to fill that. I think those are going to be two of the better battles when they do hit the field in training camp. And if I had to kind of handicap it right now, I'd say Gibson's probably going to be the starter. I think it'd take an injury for him to lose that job. I think Deion Bush is a good third um, safety in the depth chart rotation. And then looking at the defensive back spot, I'd have to say Kevin Tolliver's probably going to win the starting job as of now. But I think Jalen Johnson makes a good push 
um, in training camp. And I think he eventually does win that job. Uh, how do you see it kind of breaking down as we stand now? Well, I think, I mean, you nailed, you nailed it on the head with the safety thing. I think when you, when you look at the safety depth chart going into the draft and coming out of the draft, it was one of those things where they needed more than what they had. You know, if, if they want to let Gibson and Bush go at it during training camp for that starting spot and go for it, I, I, I think we're both in agreement that Gibson, barring injury, will win that job. But I think the corner, the corner spot's the most interesting to me because I think right now you have – you have conflicting opinions, and it's and it's you know within writers, within fans, uh, you, where you're looking at that second spot, right? Where I mean, let's be honest, Prince of Mukamore really wasn't that good last year. I don't, I don't know that they're. I wouldn't say that they're going to get better production than they did last year on that cornerback number two spot, but I don't know that it's going to be this giant downgrade like some people think. But I mean, and just to kind of give you an idea on the the polar opposite you know, opinions right now. It's like, you know, you just said that you think Kevin Tolliver will win the job, but then looking at Adam Johns from the athletic, he did a piece, I think it was last week, the week before kind of projecting out, uh, you know, the roster kind of like a way too early roster project projection. And he didn't even have Kevin Tolliver making the team. And so I, I think that kind of goes to show where you have Kevin Tolliver, you've got uh, Jalen Johnson, and then you've got Trey Roberson or Robertson, however you say it. Uh, you've got those three guys that, in my opinion, are going to be the three guys that really go for I guess you could add Artie Burns in the mix. I don't know where Burns really fits at this point in time. But you have three to four names that are going to be battling it out, and obviously because of how things are going to go with training camp and preseason and things are going to be kind of limited. They haven't really got any practices in, uh, you know, at least like physical practices in yet. Uh, there's going to be less time to be able to go off of to really be able to judge this competition, which means I think by elimination, you're going to kind of have a pared down competition to where Jalen Johnson's obviously going to be in the mix. You have to have Kevin Tolliver in the mix, my personal opinion, because I mean, the guy, he played decent when, when called upon last year and he played decent when called upon the year before that. I mean, he's, He's not a bad player. I don't think maybe he's not the the second or third round grade that most people had of him coming out of LSU. And obviously that was one of the reasons he went undrafted is because the league didn't feel the same. But he's definitely got some talent. And then with Robertson, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He was, you know, a, I use this lightly, but a CFL star. Um, I think he's somebody that could easily slot in as well um, as, as depth in terms of, you know, either playing safety or even nickelback. Um, and then obviously with Artie Burns, I mean, that was a veteran minimum deal. Um, some of that's guaranteed, not really a huge deal at that point if you end up having to cut him. But at least they got some good competition there. If I had to guess personally, I think Jalen Johnson's going to win the job. Obviously, uh, rookie corners do struggle from time to time. And I think that's why you definitely have the competition. And that's why you don't put all your eggs in one basket. But I think that Johnson's one of those guys who translates really well. I think that he was definitely a first-round prospect if it had not been for the injury that he had. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting, but again, I think the, the bigger thing that I'm going to watch is, you know, who's really going to have a true chance at this competition. Like I said, I think you got to give Tolliver and Johnson, the two guys that you really have to give a real shot to. And then between Roberson and, and Burns, I don't know. I don't know that you can have four guys battling for one position, especially with the limited amount of reps that they're going to have when you start getting in a training camp and obviously injuries and stuff like that will kind of play. But in terms of position battles, uh, for me, in terms of starting position battles at least, I think corner two is the number one 
thing that people should be watching because it's like the Bears have a really good defense. I mean, they had a really good defense last year. They had an elite defense the year before. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be a few changes in the secondary. Obviously, Robert Quinn stepping in for Leonard Floyd. But I think when you really look at it, uh, that position is going to be huge because I think you can get away with mediocre play at, at safety. I don't think you can get away with mediocre or bad play at corner two again, especially if you're expecting this defense to kind of take a step up from what they were last year and kind of return to somewhat of a 2018 form. So, yeah, I absolutely think that that position especially is going to be very interesting. Uh, I do think that Johnson is going to translate well just because of the system that he came from uh, at Utah. I think that he has exactly the type of mentality and the type of aggressiveness that you want, but he's going to make mistakes. And the same thing with Kevin Tolliver. I mean, he's he's going in the third year in the league, but he's not exactly the most experienced player, but he's also got a ceiling. So, I mean, it's it's definitely an upside battle. Um, but I, for me, that's going to be the number one battle that I'm watching for in training camp on either side of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it is the most important one on defense because um, I think Gibson is going to win that job. Um, at strong safety, and yeah, I, I saw the piece in the Athletic by Adam Johns that had Tolliver not making the team. I don't think Artie Burns is going to make the team. I think you're right; it's going to come down to Johnson and um, Tolliver for that starting job. I'd give the edge right now to Tolliver just because I think he's been in that defense a little bit. He knows the defense. He actually played well last season in the limited time he he had. I mean, you look at the numbers. Obviously, the big one he gave up the long touchdown to Mari Cooper. But I thought he did a solid job when he was in coverage on Devontae Adams late in the season. And looking at Tolliver, I just, I just think the Bears are going to go with a guy um, that has kind of had some experience. And I think Jalen Johnson will turn out to be a really damn good corner and will be the future of the position. Eventually, I think he'll win that – not win the job, I'm sorry. I think he will get a chance to start at some point this season. But I think week one we're going to see Tolliver lining up opposite of Kyle Fuller. And then you mentioned Roberson, who they signed out of the Canadian Football League. I think he's going to be a good, versatile defensive back that they can kind of keep in for depth um, needs. And looking, I just think Artie Burns was a kind of a signing, a former first-round pick that, hey, maybe he comes out and lights it up in training camp and, and wins a roster spot. That's a bonus. But if you kind of let him go on a one-year deal and, and you cut him, it doesn't really cost you that much money. And it's just kind of a low-risk signing, maybe high-reward so, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, it's one of those battles that I'm really going to be looking forward to in training camp. I think it's the top battle on the defensive side. Obviously, looking at offense, quarterback is that top battle. And I think Matt Nagy's message was kind of, yeah, you know, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky had the spotlight on them whenever they hit the field because he did say the competition doesn't start until they hit the field. But don't forget about these competitions that we have, you know, going on on the defensive side of the football and another one, he didn't really comment too much on this. Another one's going to be for that third um, spot at outside linebacker behind uh, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack because, you know, you've talked about on this podcast before, the Bears got virtually no production. I think it was, what, one sack last season um, from Isaiah Irving and Aaron Lynch combined. And that's something that they're going to have to find, you know, some production. You're going to rely on Mack and Quinn um, for most of the season, but getting guys that come in and spell them on certain downs is going to be very important. And, you know, kind of looking at that battle, you know, you have the rookie and uh, Travis Gibson out of Tulsa, and you have Isaiah Irving as well. They're going to be battling out for that third spot. I think behind them, you know, you have um, Marquavius Bingo, or, oh, man, I, I'm blank on the name right now. Um, 
What's the name? No. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I was blanking I, the name there. Yeah, I, I've always loved that name, but it's not easy to remember. It is. It is not. And you know, he's more of a special teams guy. And then James Vowders is also in the mix as well. So there'll be another position battle I'm looking forward to when they do hit the field. But I think the point remains, you know, look outside of the quarterback battle as well. Look at what we got going on with the defense. And for a team that has, you know, a defense, most returning most of the starters from a, from a defense that was top 10 DVOA last season, I think this defense is really going to surprise people um, more than they think, especially if they can get play from either Johnson or Tolliver and then uh, Gibson, you know, is a good, strong safety and kind of plays better than Ha Clinton Dix. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that that position battle at defensive back too. Let's hit our final break of the show, and we'll kind of wrap things up here as we go here on the Bear Report podcast. Welcome back in here to the Bear Report podcast. Yeah, Aaron, to kind of wrap things up, I mean, what fans should expect is pretty much the same as what we've had so far this offseason until training camp. The Bears are going to be in that virtual offseason with teleconferences with players and coaches. We'll hear from some players and coaches as well as assistants. But, I mean, really can't expect much as they, they can't get on the field. The players have had to do their own workouts at home, things like that. And you'll, you'll get some details, like Allen Robinson said he's been able to hit the field with Mitchell Trubisky four to five times a week at some point this offseason. And, yeah, that's encouraging news. It doesn't mean that Mitchell Trubisky is the leader in the quarterback race. It just simply means that Mitchell Trubisky is actually in Chicago with Allen Robinson. I, I don't think Nick Foles has made the trek um, to Illinois just yet due to what's going on with the COVID-19 situation. But, yeah, I, there's not really much to touch on, and there won't be much on the football field until training camp. Did you kind of have any other final thoughts before we wrap things up? Well, I think, I mean, really, one of the only other topics of conversation we're probably going to have is going to be, you know, and they were supposed to speak, both the quarterbacks, Foles and Trubisky, were supposed to speak to the media uh, when Hicks and everybody else did, and obviously that didn't happen. They said it's going to happen, uh, you know, it'll happen sometimes this month, so hopefully we'll, I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot out of it, but I do think it'll at least be interesting to gauge the two quarterbacks and see where they are mentally. I mean, everything that's been coming out about Trubisky has been positive in terms of mentally how he's preparing to deal with the situation and the battle and all that stuff. And so I, I think that'll be interesting, but I think you kind of nailed it, man. I mean, there's just really, especially with them doing virtual stuff, it's not like, I mean, even if you had a tap into the, you know, what they were doing, it's like, there's not really much you're going to be able to report. I mean, we're not really seeing anything out on the field. So it's just kind of one of those things at this time. It's just kind of a, you know, grin and bear it type situation, you know, bear with us. If, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and stuff like that, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of new information um, that's going to be coming out, you know, to, to really talk about, to really hone in on until we get to training camp. And, and, you know, Zach's going to be the pipeline for that. You know, luckily for us the where he's going to be able to relay what he's seeing and what's going on during training camp. Because like we pointed out at the beginning of the show, I mean, there's probably not going to be fans uh, for training camp. I mean, the NFL has been very, very clear about them kind of locking things down. They want teams practicing at their own facilities for training camp. There's no joint practices. I mean, there's going to be no fans. So, I mean, we're not going to have the same experience, even if it was, you know, the 10 practices where fans are going to be able to go and kind of see for themselves. I mean, it's really going to be, reliant on you and, and the rest of the print media to be able to portray what you guys are seeing and what's going on until we get to uh, preseason. But even that, I mean, even with training camp starting and, and reports coming in, 
I would love for some sort of news right now and something substantial to talk about, at least, you know, getting ready for the season and the preseason. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, they did cancel or postpone the both quarterbacks talking uh, on Thursday, but then we found out Mitchell Trubisky was actually in a, or at a community event hosted by Sam Acho. So We'll get to hear from Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles eventually. We don't have a set time or date. The Bears did say that they will be rescheduled later in the month. And yeah, I agree with you, man. It's going to be an interesting offseason, interesting training camp because there won't be you know, a lot going on with Twitter with the fans. Um, as you know, the reporters are kind of limited to what they can say on Twitter, um, at least until after practice when Matt Nagy talks. But yeah, I mean, just, just check back with the Bear Report. We'll have complete coverage throughout training camp um, and these OTAs because really, I mean, I, I wish we had more that we could do with the OTAs, but as I said, it's, it's all teleconference, but training camp will be fun. Kind of be back to that old style of um, reporting where there's not as much going on with Twitter and, and reporters will have to, you know, pump out the stories left and right. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I just can't wait for the players to get back on the field and start practicing and we get some uh, on field stuff. So Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Uh, you can follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report on Twitter. Read my work on the Bear Report, and we'll keep you updated with everything. Hopefully, we'll get a new episode next week, depending on what the Bears give us for media. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, all major podcasting platforms. And we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe out there, everyone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.